Hi, we've got three stories from Curiosity.com to help you get smarter in just a few minutes. I'm Cody Goff. And I'm Ashley Hamer. Today, you'll learn why days on Earth are getting longer, what it means when you think your beliefs are better than other people's, and the nine-step checklist Mr. Rogers used for talking to children. Let's satisfy some curiosity. All right, Ashley, have you ever felt like you know better than everyone else? Uh, no comment. (laughs) (laughs) I think you've been in a pitch meeting with me. I could get pretty obnoxious. I think you're pretty good at walking back when somebody's like, no, hang on. All right. But to be fair, you're usually right about stuff. Well, thank you. So it's not a compliment. <laughs> it's just a, it's just an observation. I, uh, there's no intended. Um, you're going to yes. fuel the monster. None of that. Don't say things like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll be careful. Well, a new study suggests that people who think their beliefs are better than everyone else's probably know the least. And we're talking about people with a high degree of what's called belief superiority. That's not just how confident you are in something, but it's how much you think that belief is better than those of other people. So confidence is an absolute value, right? You're always confident. But belief superiority changes based on what you think of others' opinions. And researchers out of University of Michigan, Ann Arbor, talked to people from lots of different demographics and viewpoints, and they asked about politically contentious topics And they found that participants with the most belief superiority were less informed about the things they felt the most strongly about, and they were less likely to look for information that might expand their knowledge about those things. So, like, if you believe that climate change is wrong and anyone who believes in it is stupid, then according to this study, you probably don't know really anything about what scientists are saying, and you're not likely to try to understand it. The silver lining is that the participants who were biased against, say, news stories they didn't like were absolutely aware of that tendency in themselves. So at least they knew that bias was there. And when the researchers tried to lower their belief superiority, those same participants were more likely to try reading horizon expanding think pieces. So maybe the answer is that the next time you're feeling especially fired up about something, it's a great opportunity to step back and consider a different point of view. Yeah, that makes sense, because the more information you have about something, the more ways you can think of that other people might find a different point of view in it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I get frustrated when people don't want to hear anything about what the other side has to say, because there's that old adage, know thy enemy. Yeah, right. But even just knowing what someone else's argument is makes your argument stronger. It really does. And speaking of things people believe, I have to call something out. What's that? If your belief superiority says that you don't need to back up your files on your computer, then you need to re-examine that belief. I nearly lost all of my pictures and videos and data in a computer incident a few years ago, and if it can happen to me, then it can happen to you. And that's why you need to start backing up your computer files right now, today. And we'll make it easy, because this episode is brought to you by Backblaze, cloud storage that's astonishingly easy and just $5 a month. You'll get unlimited cloud backup for documents, music, photos, drawings, and more. We use Backblaze to back up our podcast data, like our theme song, uncut interviews, full-sized, uncompressed files, those little whoosh sound effects that we use between stories. Those are super important. Right. And for general disaster recovery for just five bucks a month. With Backblaze, you can access all your data anywhere in the world, including your phone, in case you max out your storage. Sign up today to get a fully featured 15-day trial at backblaze.com curiosity. Sign up, play around with the settings, and start protecting yourself from the potential bad times today. That's backblaze.com curiosity. Take charge of your digital life right now with Backblaze. Cody, do you ever get the feeling that days are getting longer? I've actually always had this theory that the Earth does not rotate perfectly around the sun at the exact same rate and the exact same speed 
all the time and the days probably have varied and maybe that's why sometimes the seasons vary over the millennia but i have no idea if that's true that's actually very close to true i'm not sure about the seasons part but the rotation of the earth has sped up and slowed down just a little bit over the earth's existence aha i knew it yeah you're right so researchers have actually figured out how much our planet's rotation has slowed over time overall lots of things in our solar system exert force on our planet not just the moon all those forces combine and create variations in Earth's orbit around the sun, its rotation, and even its wobble on its axis. Those variations are known as Milankovitch cycles, and they determine how the sun's rays strike Earth. And that affects our climate. Variations in the climate leave evidence in the geologic record, and scientists can analyze that to see our planet's climate history and therefore its Milankovitch cycles, at least in the last hundreds of millions of years or so. Well, last month, researchers teamed up and used a new statistical method to figure out how much our days have changed. You can read all the details today on Curiosity.com and the Curiosity app for Android and iOS. But get this, 1.4 billion years ago, a day on Earth lasted a little more than 18 hours. And the moon was about 27,000 miles closer than it is today. Now that must have been quite a nightlight. All right, Ashley, did you watch Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood growing up? Always. That was one of the two shows my mom allowed me to watch, actually. What was I, the other one? Uh, Sesame Street. Right. And then a little bit of Lamb Chops play along. But, like, I was really getting away with something with that. Yeah, I was going to say, she endured the song that never ends. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's impressive. Yeah. Well, if you've ever wondered just what made Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood so magical other than Fred Rogers, then you'll want to hear this. In 1977, about 10 years after Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood debuted, a couple of the show's writers sat down with Mr. Rogers and picked apart how he talked to young children on the show. They called his style Freddish, and they actually put together an illustrated manual that lays out how to speak Freddish. They came up basically with a nine-step checklist for translating everyday English into Freddish. Step one is starting with a simple, clear idea so a preschooler can understand it. Like, it's dangerous to play in the street. But that's just step one. Then, each step rephrases a little to make it more kid-friendly. So, like, step two has you rephrase it in a positive manner. Instead of, it's dangerous to play in the street, you say, it's good to play where it's safe. How does a preschooler know where it's safe? Step three says to rephrase the idea so they know where to go to figure that out. So the phrase becomes, ask your parents where it's safe to play. And from there, you rephrase certain elements in each step, little things like saying parents will tell you to parents can tell you where it's safe to play. And we won't get into every single step, but in the end, you go from it's dangerous to play in the street to your favorite grown-ups can tell you where it is safe to play. It is important to try to listen to them, and listening is an important part of growing. That sounds like fetish to me. Now let's try it here. Read about all of today's stories and more on Curiosity.com. In fetish, that might translate to this. You can learn a lot when you read stories on Curiosity.com. Learning new things helps you grow as a person. Aww. <laughs> I love it. Should we end every episode that way now? <laughs> yes. It's a bit more of a mouthful. Uh, I'll change my cardigan as I walk into the podcast studio. <laughs> I'm not sure how many preschoolers are listening to us talk about the rotation of the earth around the sun, but you never know. We are family friendly. Join us again tomorrow for the Curiosity Daily and learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.